The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with Vison. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers for this Wednesday, just a few days away from the Super Bowl. We'll talk with my buddy Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado. We've got Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Lots to talk to them about a lot of things. The Nuggets uh, winning again. So things are going very well for the Nuggets right now. Talk some Super Bowl as well. Aaron Rodgers rumors. I have that for you. I mean, there's a pretty bad one. And then, of course, we had two really good Mountain West basketball games last night. Got a chance to watch both of them. With Colorado State and Wyoming both winning. So we're going to talk about that. Before we get into a couple of other things on my mind, and of course we'll get to the Nuggets, but I got to talk about Radio Row for a second. I just thought about this this morning. For those of you that have never been in the media, there's a thing called Radio Row. And maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Where all of the media from all over the world, they come out, they do their shows from the Super Bowl. Uh, then you get Media Day where... There's people from MV, uh, MTV dressed up like tacos. I mean, that's when you really know that you're at Radio Row. When somebody from MTV is dressed up like a taco asking questions to players. Okay? So that's the first thing about Radio Row. Second thing, I think it's great to go for one or two times. The young guys or anybody in this business, especially a lot of sports bettors, been sports betting for a long time. They've never had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl Radio Row to, to be around all these superstar football players and celebrities. It's cool for them one or two times. I can't tell you how many times, though, being in sports radio for all those years, you just say to your program director, you're like, please don't send me this year. Please. And you're like, why? Why wouldn't you want to go to, to Radio Row? Let me tell you what it's like. First of all, we've got like a thousand thousand different people they set you up in this gigantic room and what you have are athletes spokespersons actors they're all just set up out there they're all just doing their own little thing going from studio to studio to studio it's shaking a lot of hands it's it's bs you know it's good if you want to find a job a better job but going there after two years is ridiculous why i mean i, I literally talked with Joe Montana about avocados for three straight years. And the, the, the man, my hero growing up, would just come by. He's plugging avocados. We got uh, Jared Mayo, who is up for some head coaching gigs. Hellman's Mayonnaise. They gave him a sponsorship this year. I mean, all these guys are just pitching their thing. And it's really cool because I said, oh, you know, I talked to Joe Montana. I talked to this great guy and that great guy. But it really is just silly after a while. It really is. You hear the same stories every year. These guys are pitching their products, whatever they are. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Now, there was one cool thing. Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine, right? He came up and we were talking football and I kept calling him Hugh Jackson. And that, he actually laughed about that. The other funny one was Bill Romanowski. A lot of you know, Broncos fans remember him. Uh, he had like a little, uh, a little dog like a Maltese or a Yorkie or something like that and I kept pushing him on it and once I realized he was going to rip my head off if I continued going that's when I kind of backed off but that was a memorable moment too so Joe Montana Hugh Jackman Bill Romanowski there's basketball players retired basketball players everybody shows up there and they go and do their thing but ultimately I'm just an old curmudgeon and I don't want to do it anymore and I'm happy to be hanging out from my studio at home. Let's get into a couple things before our first guest, Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5. We'll talk Nuggets with him. I got to talk Nuggets right now, plus Mountain West. He does a lot of work with the Mountain West. We got to get into the Mountain West. Mountain West basketball is awesome. You know what? Screw it. Let's go with Mountain West first. CSU and Wyoming both won. I wish I would have done a show yesterday. It was totally awesome. Cleaned up, in-game over on the Wyoming game. 
Wyoming hasn't lost at home in over a year. Gritty win over Utah State last night. So the Pokes are 6-0 and in games decided by two points. They've had six games decided by two points. They're 6-0. and Huge comeback, too. They were down 10 points in the second half. I'm saying to myself, oh, no. You know, I got my guys at Rumpier Bets. I gave them the bet. I said, I'm going to. I'm going to blow this one. I'm going to look bad. Well, they came back. Graham EK, thank you very much. Took out Utah State. Knocked the bucket down in the closing seconds. Then he gets the win in overtime. And he added a double-double with 28 and 12. EK's a bad dude. Looking at Wyoming this season, 14-7-2 against the spread. Almost 70%. Remember that because that's a trend right now that I actually am buying into. And I've talked about not buying into trends. I'm buying into this one. They're a good team. They're really good against the spread. Now, Colorado State beat up Nevada 82-72. CSU's 11-10-1 against the spread. David Roddy is just a bad dude. He had 29-8. He was 29% shooter behind the arc last year. He's 47% this year. And Roddy's a legit NBA prospect. Like, I'm a huge fan of this dude. Last night, step back threes, fall away jumpers, double teams, passing out of that. Terrific passer, uh, terrific rebounder, lots of energy. Oh, and you hear he played football in high school? I mean, <laughs> this guy's a stud, man. He's going to the NBA. I'm rooting on Roddy, man. CSU, third in the Mountain West now. Third in the Mountain West at 8-3. Wyoming's 9-1. Boise's 9-1. Boise, heavy favorite to win the Mountain West at minus 175. Wyoming, plus 155. CSU's 11-1, so plus 1,100. I'm really going to sit down and dig into this later today because just for the show started, I said to myself, let's go look at these odds. What are the odds that CSU wins? So they're saying one every 11 years or that they would win the, the conference in the position they are right now. Well, they got a chance. If they could beat Boise two times, they also host Wyoming. They have a legit shot. They have a legitimate shot of getting a Mountain West crown this year. Fascinating stuff. All right, let's get into today in the Aaron Rodgers rumors, all right? Um, Aaron Jones. His teammate in Green Bay says, I can't imagine him anywhere else. That's where he's been his whole career. I can't picture anywhere else. I think he'll be there in my heart, Green Bay. So he thinks he's going back to Green Bay. That's not a rumor. It's just, you know, his, his teammate saying he's coming back. I think we had a lot of fun this year. I hope to have him back. I believe in my heart he'll be back just because he believes in his heart. You know, wishes don't always come true. Uh, he was also, Aaron Rodgers was spotted in the Cleveland area. Rumored to be watching A.J. Hawks girls basketball team. So there's another one. Browns fans for a day thought that Aaron Rodgers was coming, and that's not the case. He was just checking out his buddy's uh, girls basketball team. And then there was the report by the sports talk show host who had never heard of out of Nashville who said that Rodgers is buying land in Nashville. There's a chance he's coming. No, he's not. No. Teron Davenport, who's with the Worldwide Leader, said the Titans are not considering trading for Rodgers because they want to keep rolling with Tannehill, which really means that they have to keep rolling with Tannehill because he's such a huge hit to the salary cap. And I always hear this, oh, they can move the money around. No, they can't. Not, not with that Tannehill contract and Aaron Rodgers. So stick a fork in the Titans. Stick a fork in the Browns. Broncos, let's go, man. Go get yourself some Aaron Rodgers. Last but not least, in this opening segment of Doom, the Dome of Doom. I can't say it enough. I love watching Wyoming basketball. Buddy Black gets the extension with the Rockies, three-year extension. Um, so this is nice to see. Bud Black will be back. He's 64 already. Wonderful human being. Had a chance to get to know him a little bit as a broadcaster with MLB Network Radio. And since then, just haven't kept in touch, but I need to get back in touch with Buddy Black. He's a stud. Uh, yeah. Oh, but he loses. They can't win. He's got a 493 win percentage. He's 349 and 359 in those five seasons. To be within 10 games of 500 with the rosters that he's had to put up with these last couple of years, are you kidding me? He actually got them to the playoffs 2017 and 18. First time in franchise history. So, yeah, it's been a little bleak, 19, 20, 21. It has been a little bit bleak, but how much of it's his fault? 
the pitching staff has actually been um, admirable. I think they performed admirably. Unfortunately, John Gray is not coming back. Trevor Story's not coming back. Obviously not a pitcher, but he's done a great job with the pitching. The bullpen, that's going to vary from year to year. Offensively, he was given nothing last season. They got rid of Arenado. They had Trevor Story and a whole bunch of what. So under Buddy Black, pitching's been better. Offense was gone last season, and he's left with no offense and no payroll. So I like Buddy Black gets the most out of the limited talent that they have on this roster. Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. We'll talk about a whole bunch of things, including the Nuggets blowout victory. We'll cover that with him. 132-115 at Ball Arena last night. Bones went ballistic. Bones Highland. Mm-mm-mm. Nuggets and more with Crackman next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. As promised, our weekly Wednesday guest, Nate Kreckman, afternoon drive, Altitude 92.5. Of course, there's a lot of work with the Mountain West Conference. If you've been listening to the show, you know I love betting the Mountain West. We're going to start with some nuggets with Nate today. Nate Wonderful to see you once again. I hope things are going great over at Altitude. I hear they are. We got a ton of sports, even though football's over. So I'm happy that uh, we'll have plenty to talk about here over the next couple of months between the Nuggets, college basketball, and the Avs, too. People think just because the NFL is over, betting's over. Uh-uh-uh. Ton of stuff to bet on. Ton of stuff to watch. There's almost more to bet on now. I mean, college basketball, especially, you know, since we got through – uh, what I think is probably the worst of the Omicron wave and, and rosters have gotten back to normal and schedules are starting to normalize a little bit. Um, college basketball is getting a little bit more fun. I, I will say it's getting slightly more unpredictable now, um, but that's also, I think, kind of making it fun. So let's start with the Nuggets. Yep. A nice little win over the Knicks. Of course, the Knicks went to overtime with the Lakers. Then they had a game they had a back-to-back they were exhausted, but who the hell cares? The Nuggets have been in that position too. Uh, what are we doing here at the deadline is what I want to know. Do you think there's going to be a move or are they just going to wait for Jamal Murray to come back? Yeah, more of the latter. I would be surprised if the Nuggets made a move this week. Um, it, it, they've, they sort of went all in on, on Aaron Gordon last year and they traded their guys. And so uh, th- this roster right now is prime for a return of Jamal Murray. Maybe there's a world where there's a return of Michael Porter Jr. But, you know, just kind of looking around the league, they, they did the Bryn Forbes thing. Um, I'll be interested to see if they if they bring back DeMarcus Cousins. It seems like they want to. Um, so, yeah, I, I, could, I could really see this team sort of standing pat and getting through tomorrow and then – and then going with what they've got, and what they've got is pretty good. That, Like you said, that win last night, it was a scheduled win, but this is a team that hasn't always necessarily taken care of business when the schedule makers give them gifts like that. And uh, last night they did, and it was good to see. Yeah, blew them out. Absolutely blew them out. So we talk about the deadline here. Let's talk about the bench. The bench had a wonderful evening last night. Yep. They got a lot of run. Every time I talk to you, Bones and Naji are doing things. And I hate the term positive regression because it's kind of an oxymoron, but it's the best way I could say this. Can we have some positive regression 
with the Nuggets bench at this point? Can they play much worse than they played to this point? And are you starting to see a little bit of hope with Forbes and then the two young guys stepping up? Yeah, there there is some kind of hope right there. I, again, you know, last night, uh, Michael Malone saying that he, you know, he fully expects Cousins to be back with them at some point. Um, he, he's been a great addition to that bench. What's funny is, I mean, Holden, he, he hasn't even played well. He really hasn't played that well, but he's, you know, he's fighting through a foot sprain. Um, but he's he's been a great addition to that bench. I think that he has helped to stabilize things. Zeke Naji's taking a big step forward. He's shooting really, really well. Um, he's more confident with the ball in the paint. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited about him. He had seven rebounds last night in addition to his 11 points. That's really, really good to see. Bryn Forbes was exactly what they needed. And Bones Highland continues to just get the trust of this coaching staff. He went for 22 last night. That was great to see. He was plus 27 in his minutes last night, which, you know, you don't see that out of the Nuggets bench very often. So last night was a great bench night. Um, it was good to see. You can start to see shades of what a stabilized postseason rotation would look like with this team uh yeah th things have they they finished very strongly on that homestand good win over brooklyn great win over the knicks and now they got themselves a tough little little road swing coming up right here they got to go to boston celtics are hot and they got to go up to toronto really tough back to back but if they can get one of those victories um maybe toronto on the second night they'll be in good shape they're on the heels of Dallas, I think a game and a half back, yep. maybe only one game back in the loss column for fifth place. The Jazz, who are just playing some miserable basketball for an extended period of time now. If you had to set the odds for them getting the four seed, you feeling good about that? Yeah, so, you know, I, I got I got the Nuggets to win the Northwest Division at plus 1,100 a couple of weeks ago. Those numbers have fluctuated greatly. Now, Utah has stabilized a little bit. They've won their last three, but to your point, they've really been struggling. Um, it, it's, it's We're all just sort of waiting for Denver to be able to have something really good happen, like a return of Jamal Murray potentially, and could there be a late-season run and have Denver catch Utah? I think that that's a futures market that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, the five seed is is very doable. Again, a miserable loss against the Pelicans, but that's a sneaky, tough Pelicans team that since they started 1-12 has been playing 500 basketball. Um, I, I think the Nuggets really have an opportunity to climb. And yeah, the, the four seed thing is it, it's important. I'm I don't think Denver is a huge candidate to fall into uh, to a play-in situation. I think they're more going to go in the other direction. Yeah, and you got a great number too because I'm seeing it at plus five or six hundred. So I mean, if they have a rough road trip, probably get back in. They're going to be, I wouldn't say eleven hundred again because again, that's right. a remarkable number yeah. you got. Good stuff there. Uh, and Jokic is still in the MVP mix, so. Like I said, I got it at 600 and 650, and now it's plus 300. I hope Harden goes to the Sixers. And I'll tell you why, because I wonder if all these guys that are saying, oh, Embiid's going to win the MVP because he's had no help. Well, if he gets Harden, then he's got help for two months. I'm really hoping this plays into the Jokic MVP narrative if Harden goes there. Plus, there's just the, you know, the possibility that Embiid and Harden could have a little bit of a rough start there because guess what? James Harden has to have the basketball in his hands an awful lot. So it's it's a positive addition to your team, but that's also you know, that alters the landscape of what you are as a basketball team when you add James Harden. The the Jokic thing, it it's again, there there are advanced metrics that you can look at of uh, I, I mean, he's got the greatest box plus minus, the greatest player efficiency rating in the history of the NBA. He is putting up both of those numbers this season. In addition to that, leads the league in triple doubles. Uh, the the double double count is unbelievable. Just the the flat out numbers. You take a look. I always love that NBA math total points added graph, and Jokic just said it's just like floating off in the corner by itself because he's so much better than everyone else. I, look, Holden, Embiid's having a great year. Great year. I, I take nothing away from it. It's not as good as Jokic. It just flat out is not as good as Jokic. But right now, Embiid's got narrative on his side. Okay, let's switch it up to the college side yeah. of things. Bet Rivers odds to win the Mountain West. Boise, minus 175. Wyoming, plus 155. CSU is 11-1. to 1. So there you go. You're plus 1,100. So here's what we got. CSU's 8-3. and three. Wyoming and Boise State both nine and one. 
CSU has Boise two times and they host Wyoming. Yep. Do you like that plus 1100 or is it probably not going to happen? It's okay. It's probably not going to happen, but I always hate saying that about something that's plus 1100. The number reflects that it's probably not going mm -hmm. to happen. Right. I mean, it, that's, that is a quality value bet right there. Okay. You, if, if CSU can get one against Boise, and 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 then beat Wyoming. Don't forget they got a tough road game up in Logan, Utah on Saturday, February 26th. Too Utah State's playing out of their mind right now, um, and, and they gave Wyoming everything that they can handle last night. That's a that is a tough Utah State group. So I mean, a plus 1100, yeah, that's that's a pretty good number there for CSU, a team that really they've got one bad loss on their schedule, and that was at home against UNLV. Um, on, on a night where the Rebels just shot the lights out. So, they, I mean, that's going to happen. And, I mean, that's the thing. The other thing you got to take into account is at some point that's going to happen in Wyoming and that's going to happen uh, to Boise is they're going to run into a team that is just hot on a night and they're going to lose a game that you don't expect them to lose. CSU already did that. Colorado State at plus 1,100, I, I think that's a quality value bet. So let's get to CSU and then we'll get into Wyoming. Mm. Okay. So CSU with Roddy had another 29 and eight and it's, it's much publicized. He's gone from 29% three point shooter last year to 47% this year. And he does everything right. He step back threes, handles double teams, fall away jumpers, passes, rebounds. Is David Roddy an NBA prospect? I think he is. I think he's legit. I don't know about the size there, but this dude is just a bulldog. That's all I can describe him as. I love watching this kid play. Is he an NBA prospect in your eyes? He, he completely is. Absolutely yeah. he is. He's Because to your point, you know, adding that three-point shot the way that he has, and he shot four or five last night up in Reno, um, adding that to his game in addition to that bulk in that size – um, his athleticism is solid. He can defend NBA wings, um, and he can shoot. Okay, those those are those are the kind of skill sets you got to remember in the NBA. Um, they, they they will pay you if you have specifically good skill sets that can help a team win. David Roddy will probably never be an NBA starter, but he will be an NBA rotation player, and he can help some team win. So yeah, I th I think he has an NBA future. I mean. Obviously, I think Graham E.K. up at Wyoming probably has the most promising NBA future of any player in this league right now. Um, but but I think that David Roddy could could absolutely be earning an NBA paycheck. Is this a four-bid league? Wyoming looks terrific. Mm -hmm. Boise State, CSU, is this a four-bid league? I, th I think um, it, it's got the outside shot, right? It, th this is, and I think... Last night I checked a couple of days ago, Lenardi did have four in. Um, he had he had Wyoming and Boise creeping in there along with CSU and San Diego State. It it does look like it could be a four bid league. Um, you know, I, I think that I think Colorado State and Boise are probably the two slam dunks in this league right now. Wyoming um, and San Diego State, either one of them has a great chance to be able to win that tournament in Vegas next month. Um, it's absolutely a three-bid league. It might be a four-bid league. And, Utah and Wyoming State, looks good. Don't forget Utah State. Again, I know a loss last night up in Wyoming, but that's that's a quad one loss. That's not a terrible loss for them. Um, they're, they're top 50 in the net, so don't forget about Utah State either. All right. I, think, I still think Wyoming is the best team in the conference, just from the eye test. Are you there with that? They got, I, I mean, between Waldo and Graham EK, they, they've got two first-team all-league players, and Jeffries is a terrific shooter uh, for those guys. Wyoming just keeps passing the eye test. Every single time you start to think that CSU is going to reclaim their spot as the best team in this league, um, and Wyoming got a huge victory at home last night. So it's, it's pretty tough to disagree with that. Wyoming right now, 28 in the net. 28 in the net. That's... Um, that's that's tournament stuff right there. Boise State at 32, Colorado State at 35. So, um, and look at that, man. Utah State's crept up to uh, to 45. So, San Diego State's got to get their act together a little bit. Man, Utah State again. Weren't they a one and five? Yep. In the conference at one point. Yeah, right? they. they I mean, they just got decimated by COVID. They lost a game at Air Force, which is just an awful loss when you look back yeah. on it now. I think that game was like 49 to 48 or something like that. 
Uh, but since they've gotten their pieces back, man, they're clicking. And and Justin Bean is another guy, man. Uh, <laughs> could could there be an NBA paycheck in his future? He is tough as hell, man. He rebounds, he defends, um, and, and he can shoot. He'll never be, you know, he would never be like a 12-point-a-game NBA scorer. But if, if you need somebody to get in there and bang and do some rebounding and defend some wings, Justin Bean could have a shot in an NBA future. Mm, okay, okay, I'll take that. Uh, abs, I love altitude because you guys actually talk some abs here and there. They got the lightning coming up. To the two best teams in the National Hockey yep. League, right? Uh, coming off the All-Star break that a lot of people didn't even know hockey was on, but they were. Um, Avalanche, good thing that they get a little rest here. McKinnon doesn't miss as many games. He's not going to play tomorrow night. Or do you think it stops the momentum coming off this break? No, this team desperately needed to uh, to get a bit of a break. The, the COVID thing was brutal for them. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the McKinnon injury has been tough to deal with. Darcy Kemper has been dealing with some nagging stuff. So, yeah, to, to see that team be able to get an opportunity to get a bit of a break, I think it's nothing but flat-out good for these guys. There was... There was nothing fluky about what they did in the month of January. They are, along with Tampa, you know, one of the best teams in the NHL. I think the I view the break as 100% a positive. Obviously, um, huge game coming up tomorrow night against Tampa. But th this Avalanche team it is just going to keep on rolling. They're just too good. Let's wrap it up with some football. Uh, put the odds on Aaron Rodgers coming here. I was zero, maybe 1%. About a month ago, mm -hmm. I think I'm at forty percent now. Yeah, I, re I really do think so. Like if if I had to say it, I'd probably put it at plus, you know, four hundred for him to come here. Yeah. Are you feeling good? No, I feel good about it. I mean, the lady yeah? stood. Somebody yelling at him today at the the waste management open to go to Denver, and he said back, "We'll see." So, yeah, there's there, there's considerable buzz there. I don't think he wants to be a Green Bay Packer. I think that the Broncos absolutely have the assets to be able to get it done. Um, it's the splashiest move they can make. It makes them a Super Bowl contender the second that he walks in the door. Um, yeah, 40%. I'll you know, tell you what, I'll be more optimistic than you. I'm at 41%, so take that. Oh, gosh, yeah, you just had to go there. What is this, the price is right? <laughs> Give me a break. Come on, Crackman. Uh, last thing, then. I think it's the last thing. Um, Super Bowl halftime show. Okay. It is a Twitter tradition where everybody gets on and says, this is the worst thing in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's going to happen this year. Snoop, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. Thoughts on the upcoming halftime show. I am kind of excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I'm, I'm interested to see, okay, are, are they going to do something noteworthy are they going to do something that the you know the tight suits in the nfl will shake their heads at or anything like that i i hope that that is going to be the case it's a fantastic halftime show now i mean it's it's the game is in la um we don't get as many super bowls out uh, out on the east coast i've always wanted a, a, i will confess this right now holden i'm an east coast over a west coast guy um, Me too. Every single time. So if they wanted to put together a Super Bowl halftime show of of Nas and and the Wu Tang Clan, I am uh, I am there for it all day long. Obviously, uh, pay homage to Biggie and and do this thing correctly. But I'm still excited about the West Coast thing. I love Kendrick Lamar. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think we will see fewer complaints um, from people because I do think that this is music that generally universally is loved by you know gen, what, what are we gen x gen y whatever the hell we are whatever, whatever i'm whatever i'm a millennial no i'm not a millennial i'm gen z generation no i'm generation x with you right okay generation x i, I don't know what we are but we Me neither but but we loved the chronic right so um <laughs> i meant the album but I mean, we are. I think it's one. Well, we are broadcasting from. Colorado. Moving on, I, I really think that's one of my five best albums in the history of the world. Do you really? Is the Chronic? Okay. I mean, to this day, I listen to the thing. Uh -huh. you know, me and my gangster rap, but I'm with you. Outside of Dr. Dre, Snoop, I'm an East Coast rap guy too. Q, I'd love to see Q-Tip up there doing his thing. Yep. that would be wonderful as well. No, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I, you know, 36 Chambers is my favorite rap album of Ooh. all time. But uh, but yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you some respect on the chronic. I mean, you look at any like '90s retrospective list. Um, I mean, generally, it's at the very top. They'll put 
you know, uh, okay computer up there and they'll put Nevermind from Nirvana up there and then they put the chronic. Those are the those are the best. Yeah, it's well, get the Nirvana thing out of there, but Radiohead and the rap. Um, last thing, have you ever been to Radio Row? Uh I never have done it. I, oh I literally never have done it. I have somehow uh been able to to weasel my way out of that on an annual basis, and I did so again this year. You didn't want to go, right? No. No, no. It's horrible. I was telling the story earlier. It's like I went for two years, the third year, when I, I started talking to Joe Montana about avocados again. <laughs> He's pitching his avocado, and I'm saying to myself, what am I doing here? I never want to come back to this thing again. So, again, privileged to talk with Joe Montana, but when half of our conversation is about him putting his hands under a center's ass and avocados, it might be time to move on. So I'll just say that, <laughs> Nate Crickman. You're not missing what, anything, uh... my friend. One of, one of my favorite interviews that I've ever seen, yeah. by the way, our buddy Mitch Moss. Um, yeah, you love do you, that. Do you, do you know? Uh, do you know the actor John O'Hurley, who played uh, Jay Peterman on Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the talked actor, with him a couple Super Bowl radio rows too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's always at those things. And I remember my buddy Mitch Moss uh, had had an interview with him. And he sat down, and the first thing that he said before they went on air was like, I don't really want to talk about Seinfeld. And Mitch was like, then I have nothing to talk about with you, man. <laughs> that was it? Did he kick him off? He, he did the interview, but it was just like, all right, well, what am I supposed to say to you right now? You, oh, God. You, you, are, you are a pop culture icon for this one character that you played, and you don't want to talk about it? Come on. No. No, it's, there's no reason to talk to him outside of that. You're right. Your guy Mitch Moss was right. All right, plug everything you're doing. Twitter, shows, Mountain West. Let's go. Uh, yeah, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5 in Denver, 2 to 6 in the afternoon, Mountain West Radio Network. Uh, plus, I will, I'll be on the call on the Mountain West Network, vmw.com, during the course of the Mountain West Tournament for a bunch of stuff. So, I will Love it. Yeah, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, Nate Kreckman, thank you very much. We'll come back. We'll talk some Super Bowl, Avalanche, other things with Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado.com. That's next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Wednesday. It's our weekly hit with Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado.com. Love the site. Got a lot going on in there right now. Ian, we got a lot going on in the sports world. We got the Super Bowl. We got Broncos ownership. We got Aaron Rodgers. We got the Avs returning to uh, action tomorrow night against the Lightning. And uh, the Nuggets continue to roll, but Black gets an extension. You know what? Where do you want to start, my friend? Hello and potpourri. Let's go straight up potpourri with you. I, I'm all I'm all bored all of it. So it, it's always great to chat with you. Before we started recording, you mentioned any Super Bowl bets I have. The one thing I'm looking at is Super Bowl MVP because there are some some good markets out there and some potential players who could become MVP and they're not quarterback. This could be one of the Super Bowls where a quarterback doesn't win Super Bowl MVP. You have Cooper Cup, you have Aaron Donald, could Von Miller win two Super Bowl MVPs? Obviously, he would have to have the same kind of impact against the Bengals that he had on Cam Newton and and the Panthers in Super Bowl 50. So those are the ones that I'm looking at is the the potential Super Bowl MVP. And then there's so many props. So where do you even begin? I think just in terms of the the funnest, I think, if that's even a word, is the octopus. I, I love that prop bet. It's so fun. It, I mean, it's not going to happen, but it's just creative. It's fun. It adds a little bit to the game. What's the octopus bet? So the, I don't even know what it is. So the octopus bet is a player scores a touchdown and then gets the two-point conversion. Oh, 
I never knew that was called an octopus bet. Yeah. Oh, because he got eight. Because he got eight. Oh, my God. Why don't they call it a spider bet? Because no one likes spiders. I love spiders. They're so, they have just a horrible, horrible reputation for no reason. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, that's great. An octopus bet, huh? I like octopuses too. Love octopuses, as a matter of fact. I, I love them. I got fried as calamari too. Yeah. Well, that's squid, but that's okay. I, I don't know how many tentacles they have, but let me get it's to this enough. thing here. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you started with the MVP thing because here's a bet that I made. Any other position than quarterback to win Super Bowl MVP, plus 260. Ooh, so That's we're getting value. about two and a half to one there. Yep. Uh, I talked about this extensively. Quarterback has won 31 of the MVPs. Running back and wide receiver combined for 14. Then you got the defensive guys and one returner. But you're right. You've got Cup. You've got Chase. Donald. Vaughn Miller. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of players to choose from here. Would you consider betting that, or would you just rather go individual player, pick four out, and hope you hit the big time? I mean, if you wanted to go the safer route, I think any other position other than quarterback is, I mean, it's still great value. But at most of the books, Cooper Cup is like plus 600. Aaron Donald is like plus 1,400. Von Miller is upwards of 4,500. If you really wanted to go, off the charts, you could go Jalen Ramsey at cornerback. Maybe he gets two picks. Maybe he gets a pick six. Who knows? So that's potential. I've seen people betting uh, uh, the kicker for the Bengals, Evan, uh, what's his name, Evan McPherson or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, people are betting him <laughs> to win the MVP. Now that would be some. That would be one of the worst Super Bowls ever if a kicker wins the MVP. But I, I if you wanted to go the safer route, go any position other than quarterback because it's still good value. But if you wanted to, if you have a gut feeling on a position or a player that's going to win it, like Aaron Donald is one of the most popular prop bets right now. He's one of the most, the, the ones with the biggest liability at most of the books, just because it's Aaron Donald. If you want to go that route, do it. I mean, it's, it's even better value and you would win, win potentially more. Any thoughts on the side or the total in this game. You know, it opened at three and a half, then we saw it at four, then we saw it at four and a half. And it's kind of sitting between four and four and a half, depending on where you go. Bet Rivers has it minus four and a half and 107, and then plus four and a half minus 113. So that's the total there, or the spread there. And the total is sitting at 48 and a half. It's, uh, that's universal right there. Everybody has it at 48 and a half. Any thoughts on the side and the total? That, I mean, obviously, you didn't mention the money line. Dogs are always going to get the money in the Super Bowl. What was it? Like 166, I think, was yeah. the bet. That, Hold and on that's, a second. That's yeah, about, 160. That's about where it opened. I think it, it may have been around 140. It, it, it's been around 160. It may have dipped a little bit, but it's, that's about universal, too. The spread is interesting because when it was, it, it didn't get, it, it never got below three. It's always been three and a half to four and a half. And, and that's just, do you think the Rams are going to win by three or the Bengals are going to lose by less than three or more than, or I guess more than three? Well, I guess, no, it'd be less than three. So uh, this game is fascinating because I, the thing that I keep focusing on for this game is how was that Bengals offensive line? going to be able to contain that Rams front because in their playoff game against the Titans, the Bengals gave up nine sacks and that's not with Aaron Donald or Von Miller or Leonard Floyd. So that's where I think this game is going to be decided is can the Bengals and Joe Burrow do anything against that Rams front? Because if it's what it was against the Titans, Joe Burrow is going to spend his whole game on his back that's where that's where the spread comes in. That's where the total comes in. Because I, I don't know if the Bengals' defense has enough to contain the weapons of the Rams. Because you, you don't just have Cooper Cup. You have OBJ. You have Tyler Higby. You have Cam Akers. You have Sony Michelle. You have a very talented and deep offense for the Rams. I don't know if the Bengals' defense has enough. We'll see. And so I, I would lean... I'd lean towards the under, and I think the Rams are going 
to win by at least a touchdown, but that's just based on my thoughts. That I don't think the Bengals' defense can block, or the the Bengals' offensive line can block that Rams' defensive front. Huh. It'll be interesting. Listen, I usually side with the underdog. I think I have just for years and years now. Overwhelmingly, over the last 20 years, I bet the dog. This year feels a little bit different to me, though. It's just, I think it's a much more talented Rams team when you look at it. Quarterback, sure. Maybe we've got a push there. And the wide receiving cores are a lot. And yeah. and the running backs, I, I actually give a slight edge to Cincinnati, but the problem is defensively. And that's where the big issue is, right, Ian? And you kind of mentioned yeah. that. I just think there's a chasm between these two sides. And it could get to a point where it's a one-dimensional offense for Cincinnati. It's tough to run against the Rams. And then Donald and Von Miller start teeing off with the rest of those guys. So whew, I, I actually like the Rams here. I'm not betting the side or the total. <clears throat> I, actually, I, I bet the, the side. <laughs> well, I had the 9-1 to one and the 14-1 to one Rams ticket. So I'm hedging. So basically, I just threw some down. I threw a third of the of the winnings down on the Bengals, and that's it. So I'm going to come out plus money here, but boy, I would uh, be a little concerned to be honest with you if I'm a if I'm a Bengals fan because their Bengals offense has better. been terrific, but this Rams defense is like nothing they've faced so far. Absolutely, and I think there's also a chasm between the offensive lines. I think the Rams' offensive yes. line is better than the Bengals, so that's where the Bengals' defense creates havoc is when they is when they get pressure on the quarterback and that's how you disrupt Matt Stafford I don't know if he's going to be facing pressure because I don't think this Bengals this defensive front is going to be able to get around that Rams offensive line who just did a very good job against that 49ers front which is much better than the Bengals yep no question about it Ian St. Clair play Colorado.com Let's move on to your abs because they are off of the break coming up on Thursday. They've got the lightning taking on the abs here in town. So you told me that this could be a preview of a pretty big series in the summertime, late spring. Talk to me. The lightning 30, 10 and six second in the Atlantic, the abs 32, eight and four first in the central how are you feeling coming out of the break here? You little little concerned that they had to take the time off and all the momentum goes away, or is this just going to be a great second half and a great game against the Lightning? I think this game has potential to be great. What's going to be disappointing is Nathan McKinnon won't be available because of the hit from Taylor Hall with the Bruins. He's still out with a concussion. Jared Bednar told the media this week that McKinnon should be back on Sunday against the Dallas Stars. That was the the date that they pinpointed for him to be back. So hopefully he's able to get back against the Stars on Sunday. So he won't play on Thursday against the Lightning. But I do feel like this is a Stanley Cup championship preview because you have the Tampa Bay Lightning who have won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. They are still right there with the Florida Lightning or the Florida Panthers, rather, in the Atlantic Division, which is ironic when you think of hockey. Do you Never think of Florida, but they're two of the better teams in the National Hockey League right now. But I, I do think that this has potential to be a Stanley Cup preview. Obviously, the Avs are where they are right now. You listen to NHL Network, any of the talking heads, most of them think that the Avalanche are the favorite, that they will go through and win the Stanley Cup. I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be right there. The Florida Panthers are going to be there. The, Car the Carolina Hurricanes could be there. The Pittsburgh Penguins with Sidney Crosby and, and Jenny Malkin could potentially still be there. You have Alexander Ovechkin in the Capitals. So the Eastern Conference is deep. I think Tampa has they've proven with the last couple of years that they can get out and, and go and hoist the Cup. So I, I do think this has potential to be a Stanley Cup preview. It's going to be a very fun game. Deep teams, talented teams, fast teams, physical teams, this is going to feel like a playoff game on Thursday at Ball Arena. I'm excited. I think you should be very excited. Uh, the trade deadline, we're still over a month away, March 21st. How would you feel if Claude Giroux came to town, the all-star MVP? I know he's 34 now, but nice little addition with a veteran 
Would you be okay with a little Claude Giroux action? I, I would love that. He he would bring toughness. He would bring he would bring leadership. He'd bring a right-handed shot to the top six forwards that Joe Sackick and Jared Bednar could pinch into those top two lines. So I, I think it'd be a great addition. You you can never have enough leadership. I think back to the or the late 90s, early 2000s, when Pierre Lacroix would make all of those trades where he would start out. He, he got Patrick Waugh and, and Mike Keane, obviously, but that was in December. But then he makes a deadline deal for Theo Fleury with the Calgary Flames. And then he adds Rob Blake. Then he adds Ray Bork, which was the big one. So you can't add enough veteran leadership to a hockey team, especially for a playoff run. And a guy like, like Claude Giroux, He's, he's like a Gabriel Landeskog type player where he he does a little bit of everything. He's gritty, he's tough, he can be mean, but he's also very talented. And I think if you can add that to your roster and your locker room, Joe Sackick needs to do it. I'd also look for them to get deeper on defense because I've told you this on multiple times on this show. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the depth on defense. I, I don't trust Samuel Gerrard or Eric Johnson to make the key plays at the key moment. So if they can add another veteran defenseman, that would be even more ideal to me because I think they need it. That's the Avs. We got so so many things to discuss here. It's kind of fun Uh, with the Super Bowl coming up. The Avs are coming out of the All-Star break. You've got the Nuggets who are starting to play. That that trade deadline is going to be interesting. I wonder if the Nuggets are going to do anything. They've got some ascending players coming off the bench with Bones, who's coming off a monster game last night, Zeke Naji is a piece even if they don't make a run this year and murray comes back we know the bench stinks but ian i think going forward knowing that you have naji and bones highland coming off the bench going forward the injuries to jamal murray and michael porter have given them the opportunity to play some young guys and i think they've learned a lot about themselves i'm more bullish on this team and that means i like them um, I'm more bur- bullish on this team next year than I was uh, starting this year. I think the long-term future now, when you can add these two young pieces coming off the bench, I'd like to see more Davon Reed too, but it seems like Malone just doesn't trust him. I think going forward, this team got a lot better with these two young guys stepping up. Yeah, I, I, it may look like a blessing, a blessing in disguise that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., got hurt. Obviously, you'd rather have them on the floor, but as you said, it's allowed them to see the depth that they have, and it's given guys who may have, may not have gotten the chance to get on the floor to play and prove that they can be on the floor, and they can be contributors. So I think that's, that's an obviously great sign for this team. I don't think they're going to make a move. I think the moves they'll make is when Jamal Murray comes back, and I still think there's a, a glimmer of hope that Michael Porter Jr. can come back. He's obviously been on the floor taking shots, which has surprised some of the people who've covered the Nugget or who cover the Nuggets. So I, I think the move they'll make is getting Jamal Murray back. And if, if they could get Michael Porter Jr. back, that'd just be even, what, the icing on top of the cake. So those are the moves that I think they'll make. The only rumor that I've seen out there, and I don't think there's anything to it, is James Harden. But as I told you, can you imagine James Harden with Nikola Jokic? Yeah, it'd be amazing. I think every team says that, though. Like, can you imagine James Harden with Joel Embiid? Can you imagine James Harden with this guy? And I'll say this. I wonder if Harden does go to the Sixers, if that actually hurts Joel Embiid in the MVP race. It might. Because now you've got a second stud that is going in and working with Embiid. He's carrying them right now. They do have Maxi. There's a couple of in There's a couple of nice pieces there. But I do wonder if Harden goes there, if that helps out Jokic in the MVP race. Because there's still a lot of people out there. So, oh, it's Embiid. It's Embiid as the MVP. And I'm saying to myself, how? How? How is he the MVP when he's so much, his team is so much better with him and so horrible without him? I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, I don't get it either. It's the same debate that we heard a year ago. It's it's like we're stuck in a loop where we have confirmation <laughs> bias where people, they really want Joel Embiid to be the MVP. So there's going to be like, I am going to ignore everything that that guy out in Denver is doing and not give him the credit that he deserves. I mean, this is the fact, this is a stat that is just mind boggling to me. 
Nikola Jokic is within reach of Wilt Chamberlain's triple doubles record. I mean, you're in a conversation with Wilt Chamberlain. That's just in, that that's just insane to me. But I I mean, yeah, I mean, Nikola Jokic is the MVP. He he should be the back-to-back MVP winner. We'll see if it is. I I tend to agree with you. I think James Harden might hurt Embiid, but at this point it may help him because it'll be like, see, Embiid is the MVP. He's still doing things even though Harden is taking 80 shots a game. Yeah, it's really it, – I really hope he goes there, to be honest with you, because I because of my futures with Jokic. I mean, they'll finish first in the East. I would think the Sixers would, and the, everybody's, oh, it's Embiid. But then you got Harden next to you, and it's spectacular. And even if Jamal Murray comes back, it's going to take him some time yes. to get going and get into the flow of things where Harden's just lock and load. You know, Embiid's numbers, I don't know if they're going to be better or worse, but hopefully the narrative that, hey, he's not doing it all by himself anymore, hopefully that kind of helps us out when it comes to Jokic. Are you feeling good about this team going forward? I am. I, 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 I know they've beaten up on some tired teams and some teams that are coming off back-to-backs and maybe some injuries as well, but I see this team still in the mix to catch Utah, maybe be the number four seed out there. How bullish are you? On the Nuggets now, I, I think they're they're definitely a playoff team. I think they'll be in that four to six range. That's where they'll end up. And if they can get Jamal Murray back, they've proven that they can go on a run in the playoffs. And they, if they face adversity, if they get down three two, they don't give up. So this is a team that if they get Jamal Murray back, can be very very dangerous in the playoffs. Yes, very very dangerous in the playoffs, and I'm looking forward to that. So we have gone through. 8 million different topics here. We have hit almost all of them, right? So let's just wrap things up with some Aaron Rodgers. Okay, let's talk a little Aaron Rodgers here because I went through the rumors. So we had the Nashville rumor from the sports talk show host who, again, I said, don't believe this guy. I've never heard of him. And being a sports talk show host for so long, uh, it's very rare that you're going to find one of those guys breaking news. So the ESPN reporter, Teron Davenport, said it's probably not happening because of Ryan Tannehill. Rodgers was in Cleveland. So the Browns fans were excited, and then they learned that A.J. Hawk's uh, daughter was playing basketball. So he had Aaron Rodgers going there. Where does that leave us? I guess that leaves us now with the Broncos and the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Anybody else that's in the mix, maybe there will be a dark horse. But as the days go on, the likelihood, or at least the possibility, I'd say it is, is a better word, the possibility that A-Rod is here. I went from about 1% to about 40% right now. What percentage are you, Ian? I, I'm still 50-50. I, I mean, okay. maybe, maybe a little bit higher. And I, the one person that listeners or viewers of this show should, should pay attention to is Andrew Brandt. He's, I, I mentioned him on the shows prior. He's the former Green Bay Packers executive who drafted Aaron Rodgers. He is a sports law expert. He's known for this, that there will be lawyers or translating team comments about things that happen in the news. And he gives it the Brant translation. So pay attention to him because he has said that it's likely going to be that Aaron Rodgers either comes to the Broncos or retires. He doesn't think that he's going to stay in Green Bay or play in Green Bay again. So that's where I think this is headed. And I, I've i talked about this on, on my MHR radio podcast, milehighreport.com, where we talk about the Denver Broncos. And, and I asked my co-host this, is it Aaron Rodgers or bust? Because what's the point of hiring Nathaniel Hackett if you don't get Aaron Rodgers? It's like going to a Mexican restaurant and getting a cheeseburger. I, I think this is where it's headed. I, I think it is eventually going to happen. And I don't just think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I think it's also going to be Devontae Adams. Ooh, you think both of them? I do. I think that's I think that's where it's headed. And I think that's the move that George Payton makes with the Green Bay Packers. That is fascinating. I, I just don't know if they got the cap. Well, again, you can mess with the cap space, but you'd probably have to trade for him. 
Oh, you do. So you're doing a double trade. Yep. What are you doing? You're giving up like six years of picks. <laughs> it would be it would be three first round picks. That, that's the max that you can do. Probably a couple of second round picks. But with Aaron Rodgers, the first round pick is going to be at the end of the first round anyway. So it's a glorified second round pick. With Devontae Adams, you're probably going to give them Jerry Judy. And I get that there's a lot of fans in Broncos country who love Jerry Judy and think that he has untapped potential. But if you have the opportunity to get Devontae Adams, who is one of the best receivers in football, like it's Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. Like they're in the conversation as best receiver in football. And we know what Devontae Adams can do with Aaron Rodgers. And then you throw in Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler coming back from injury, Javante Williams. Does Melvin Gordon come back or do they get a different running back to, to help out with Javante Williams? So that's where I'm at with this. And they do have the cap. They're currently around 40 million in cap space, give or take a couple million. So they have the cap space to make this work. It's the Green Bay Packers who don't. They are close to 50 million in the cap hole with all of this. So that's why I think it's going to be a deal where George Payton not only gets Aaron Rodgers, he gets Devontae Adams. Mm. I hope you're right. That would be good for business, wouldn't it? Be good for this show. It'd be good for Play Colorado. It'd be good for everybody here in Denver. And it'd be so, good for the new owner. It'd be good for whoever the heck that is, right? Yeah. Whoever it is. You know, they're throwing names out there right now, and I don't know what to believe, right? I because mean, we did get the, the, the first, I think the first Byron legitimate Allen. name. Yeah, Byron Allen. He, but he's, he's, if he's worth a half a million dollars, I don't know how he's going to fundraise to get the 30% of $4 billion. Yeah, and that, so, that's where it becomes difficult because they did change the rule where 30% of $40 billion, you have to have, what is it, $1.1 billion? to be the majority mm -hmm. owner. And, and as I said, that's what the NFL wants. They want a majority owner. They don't want a group. They don't want like a, an Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter conglomerate to come in. So that's, that's where it's headed. It, it, that is interesting is where does he get the rest of the financing from? Does Peyton Manning chip in? Does he help with it? I, I there's been talk of John Elway. Everyone knows my feelings on John Elway. It's time for him to go away. So hopefully they don't go that route. It, it, it is interesting though, that we're finally, we're starting to see names trickle out on who is going or who are going to make bids to purchase the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Oh, you know what? Buddy Black's coming back for three more years. I actually like it. I'm a Bud Black guy. I don't think it's his fault. No, no that this it is team not. stinks. He's got no, he's got no offense anymore. Uh, he helped the starting pitchers. I know it was inconsistent, but they've had a couple. They had a couple years where they were successful. They got to the playoffs back to back years, first time. I'm good with Buddy Black here. I think yeah, that I am too. The general manager is going to be the big question, and I don't know. There's a lot to prove, right? Yeah, there is, and but it, it's all for naught because it doesn't matter who the general manager is. You still have the incompetence at owner, and until Dick Mofford is no longer in the picture, the Rockies are going to stink. They may have the fluke Rocktober, or uh, they may get uh, into the uh, the wild card berth of the playing game, basically, like they were a couple of years. But that was when they had Nolan Arenado, and then Dick Montfort gave $50 million to the Cardinals and Nolan Arenado. That gives you the idea of the business acumen of Dick Montfort. I, it, it, as long as he's in the picture, the Rockies will not be any good. And I, I do agree with you. I think Bud Black is a great manager. He's a great baseball mind. He's good for the city, but not to beat a dead horse here, but as long as Dick Montford is in the picture, it don't matter. No bueno. Plug the site, plug the Twitter handle. And as always, I love having you on the program, Ian. I enjoy talking with you as well. It's always a blast. Playcolorado.com is your one-stop shop for news analysis features to make you a safer and smarter better. And you can follow me at Ian St. Clair. Obviously this week we're deep in Super Bowl coverage with prop bets on the extensive betting catalogs that the books have up for the props. I We didn't even get into this. I think the most interesting one is the jersey, the jersey number to score the first touchdown over or under. And I think it's under. 23 and I a bet half. It. I bet it, under. 
there's a lot of good players under yep. under 23, right? Cooper so Cup, you, OBJ, Jamar Chase. Did you bet it? I, I have not yet. Yeah, I hit. That's another one of those. I actually hit some novelty bets this year that I usually don't do, but I like it, man. PlayColorado.com. Make sure you follow Ian on Twitter at Ian St. Clair. Tomorrow, I've got Mike Pritchard coming on the show. I mean, you've been a Bronco fan forever. You remember Pritchard at CU and, of course, with the Broncos back in the mid-90s, too. So stick around for that. We'll preview the Super Bowl with him. Thanks to Ian and Nate Kreckman for hopping on. Our producer, Stephen Young. Follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. And thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.